0: Imagine being a creator and getting shouted out by Apple's CEO, Tim Cook. Well, Andy too is a filmmaker and creator who got shouted out by Tim Cook not once, but twice on Twitter now. In this episode, we speak to Andy and Lynn, who is Andy's fiance and a talented creator in her own right, about their humble beginnings and how they got to where they are today, making a full-time living as creators in New York City. Growing up in a tough neighborhood in Oakland, Jalen and Andy both found a sense of fulfillment in filmmaking and content creation before social media was even considered a real job. Jalen started as a beauty YouTuber before transitioning into aesthetic travel and lifestyle content, working with tourism boards and global brands. And Andy started in the wedding photography business and is now a film director who's made his own short films and works with brands like Apple, Sony, and Google, just to name a few. What inspires me the most about Jalen and Andy isn't just their incredible visuals and storytelling, but also how down-to-earth they both are, despite all the success they have achieved in the past few years. This is a really open, raw, and honest conversation that I got to have with both of them about where they came from, where they're at right now, and where they plan to go from here. Let's get into it! I actually really love social media and what it brings,
1: it, what it does for like small businesses and like creators and having a platform to share all your work. I think it's just the numbers aspect, what people focus on. It's like, if you don't get this amount of likes, then you're nothing. Yeah, Like they base your worth off your numbers. I think Instagram, like what it's done with just like the hiding of likes and stuff. I think it, it that's been like a positive impact for a lot of creators because it's like, you shouldn't base your words off of your likes and your following.
2: I wouldn't actually want to change anything. I think it is the way it is because it's how it's supposed to be. But I think the change has to come like from yourself. So to answer the question, I, I wouldn't want to change anything. But I look at that question and I think about how I could change myself to have more of an impact. What kind of messages do I want to tell?
0: Welcome to the Full-Time Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Lee, and I'll be sharing industry knowledge and social media tips through weekly interviews with established creators and Q&A sessions. Our goal is to help you decode social media, become a full-time influencer, and do what you love for a living. Let's dive in.
1: What's up, everyone? My name is Jaylen, and I'm a lifestyle and travel content creator based in New York City.
2: I'm her plus one. (laughs) My name is Andy. I'm a filmmaker based on New York City.
0: Awesome. So thank you for coming on and chatting with me and letting me use your beautiful space here <laughs> in New York City. We've actually met, we met years ago in New York City. Yeah, I think the last time we saw each other was 2019 yes in person yeah yes and I remember you had a creator event at your rooftop oh yeah that I came to and there were all these other amazing creators where we met other people as well Mm -hmm. so I have followed both of your journeys very closely over the years and I just I know you have both like very inspiring stories so I'm very grateful to be able to sit down today and talk about it so first of all can you tell me what platforms you're on and mostly creating on, focusing on right now
1: yeah so mostly I guess I would say it's half Instagram half YouTube yeah TikTok also but that one is kind of like it started off as something fun for me not something that I wanted to pursue like for money a lot of my TikTok nowadays are just like film photography which is like a side hobby of mine so I would say mostly YouTube
0: and Instagram Mm -hmm. yeah
2: I'm the the same way I'm YouTube first and then Instagram and then TikTok for fun.
0: <laughs> mm, I see. Yeah. Actually, there's quite an evolution over the years of both of your content, right? Yeah. I remember you mentioned that you were filming vlogs since you were in like middle school. Yeah. And then YouTube became <laughs> yeah. a thing. Yeah. Is that the order of things? How did yeah. you start YouTube?
1: I, yeah, it started off just because I had like a camera in middle school. I would just bring it to school. I would take pictures. I would just kind of vlog. And like when we first started dating, which is like back in 2010, like, Um, I mean, YouTube was just like kind of starting. I actually don't remember when YouTube started, but we weren't on YouTube yet. And we were just vlogging our travels and just like our daily lives. And we just never thought that it would become something on YouTube. Yeah. I started because I wanted to teach people how to do makeup. Mm -hmm. I think that's what I was passionate in In middle school. I mean, in high school, I wanted to be a cosmetologist. And eventually I wanted to move to LA and become a makeup artist. So I think that's where I found my passion at first was just like, teaching people how to do makeup Mm. and then it kind of evolved over the years
0: yeah Yeah. were you inspired by michelle fong in the beginning yeah Uh, i
1: think she paved the way for like a lot of asian creators yes yeah
0: totally Mm -hmm. and then i know you did that for a few years and you saw quite a a good bit of growth because this was like the pretty i would say early days of youtube like 2014 15 ish 2015 16 yeah yeah. Yeah. so then from there how did you decide to pivot out of the beauty industry i think because like as much as i loved
1: makeup i think i was like reliant on it in a way where i felt like i didn't feel beautiful unless i had A ton of makeup on and I would like wear it every single day and it wasn't until he brought me out of the country for the first time we went to Thailand Mm. and just seeing the way of life in Thailand was just humbling because obviously, obviously that's my first time traveling out of the country and just seeing their definition of beauty it just kind of shifted my perspective and it got me like thinking that I wanted to show parts of the world instead of like how you can like wear makeup to feel beautiful because there's like so many beautiful places
0: in the world. Yeah. So that's where I kind of made that shift. I see. Wow. It has evolved so much since then. Yeah. I think pretty much when we met you, we were already not doing beauty influencing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I actually didn't really know that you had like a beauty influencer background. Yeah. I just thought that you guys were always very well traveled. Oh, that's that's yeah. actually n- not the case, right? It was because yeah. of YouTube, Instagram that allowed you to travel well for sorry
2: <laughs> no it's okay I'm just I'm, I'm just like
0: yeah for
2: hearing hearing you say your story is like pretty inspiring just like even though I'm with you like all the time yeah and I just remember when you like hit your like spike on YouTube like you hit like 100k like really quick mm-hmm. and like all of these brands just started throwing stuff at you and I remember we were just like how do we creatively like express you yeah in the in a way where like at the end of the like at the end of the video that you would really like it Mm -hmm. because like you're always very detail-oriented when it came to like all the steps in creating those videos and I just I don't know hearing you talk about it it was like dang like we haven't yeah really talked about it in a long time Yeah. yeah
1: so that was another thing which is another reason why I like kind of shifted my niche was because doing makeup tutorials it was just a routine I would like wake up do like how to do a cut crease how to do a smoky eye but like people weren't really seeing my personality and a yeah. lot of people were asking for that like we don't really know you as a person yeah. you're just teaching us and so when we moved to New York and I kind of changed my niche to lifestyle and travel like people were seeing that side of me and it was just I guess more fun yes yeah yeah yeah
0: that that was kind of interesting to see how you transitioned because I think in the beginning, maybe there was a time where it was harder to get the engagement, to yeah, get people mm-hmm. to to see that side of you mm-hmm. and, and to be used to it. There was like yeah. a shift period. And then once you got through that and gained new audiences, then it was okay from there or? Yeah, I think in the beginning,
1: it was hard because like I built this following just solely on beauty. And because I just like cut it cold turkey, it was like one day I just stopped doing makeup a lot of my audience was like, what the hell are you oh, doing? Yeah. Like, who is she? Like, all of a sudden she's like vlogging and traveling. And it's like, we don't, we never knew you. So it's like, why would we keep following you now? Oh. So I lost a lot of my following because of that. But like the people who stayed, like they stayed and they were supportive. And that's something that I'm grateful for. Like, I feel like because my niche is like forever changing, like I, I'm always picking up new hobbies. It's easy to like gain a new, audience and then lose that when i pick up something else mm-hmm. so that's i think that's just hard that's the yeah. hard part
0: yeah but you just have to push through yeah yeah and for andy yeah. for you you were always doing more like lifestyle film or like i know you have a background in wedding photography filmography mm-hmm. how did that evolve into your youtube or instagram first
2: started in like high school when i was making videos because i was in a media academy so our like weekly assignments like in drama class was to make videos and out of all the classes I took, like that was probably like the most exciting one because mm-hmm. we got to I don't know take ownership of a story and for like kids growing up in Oakland like we don't I didn't really grow up having much so being able to create like a video with my friends and then at the very end adding the credits and giving us, And our teacher, Mr. Jackson, like, giving us a sense of, like, ownership that, like, meant everything. And that's something that still, like, that stays true to me, like, to this day. It's, like, grinding up some of my friends or sometimes just me and her going out and creating a video and telling a story. And
1: Mm.
2: it's probably, like, one of the coolest and most fulfilling things I'll probably ever get to do. And I'm super grateful I get to do this as a for work and to tell stories for like other people when we're traveling and to tell stories for companies, which is something that I'm super passionate about. Yeah. But it started, yeah, in high school. Just sort of crafting that storytelling language and just trying to figure it out. And it was always for fun. Even to this day, it's like for fun. Very fortunate to say that it led into like, oh, like we need to figure out like how to make money to sustain this kind of like lifestyle because we wanted to travel but didn't have money. So her brother and I started a wedding video production company and that eventually led into having enough money to travel Mm -hmm. and then creating lifestyle videos on our travels which led to companies and brands, I guess, looking at our channels like, oh, like you guys are making this well they didn't know we're just doing it for fun for free then they started like throwing budgets at us and we're like yeah. oh are you gonna give us money to do this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they were like i think we're to something yeah, yeah which is cool because it's always been like a dream of mine to be able to travel the world and like to be able to do it now and to tell stories it's kind of like how the heck did it actually happen
0: I think that's something really unique about your content from the beginning, even though nowadays everyone is talking about telling a story, storytelling in your videos, it's quite (laughs) common now. But like five, six years ago, most people were just doing like epic transitions, like the whoosh transition (laughs) and everything. And all the travel videos, it was like a stereotypical type of music and look to it. But I think, Andy, you're probably one of the rare creators who who was like properly telling a story. Mm. So that kind of background comes from your school years, from being in school for media?
2: Yeah, it definitely comes from my roots, I think. Mm-hmm. I've always considered myself kind of like the director of shadows because I come from a background that's not usually shown in light. Like, long story short, is I find like peace and happiness when I'm able to tell the stories of others especially the people the underprivileged, the people who wouldn't be able to afford to travel, wouldn't be able to afford to see the world. I feel like for me, having came from that background, I feel like it's kind of like my responsibility to, to speak for those people and these opportunities that we get to be able to share those experiences with people and to let people know that like, it wasn't always like this. And to hopefully inspire the younger generations that are coming up. I always think about the kids like in the that sit in the nosebleeds at like basketball games, because once upon a time that was that was me. Yeah. So I don't think I intentionally chose to make this like my style of yeah. filmmaking and storytelling. It's just how I was raised and, mm. and the way I grew up. And when I speak on it, like when I speak for the kids now, it's like I do it because I'm speaking to my younger self. Yeah.
0: yeah. Because you lack that role model or that person to learn from so that you could take yourself out of that um, difficult situation that yeah. you grew up in. Yeah. That's, that's deep. really amazing. <laughs> is, it too that's deep. Deep.
1: is this too deep? No, <laughs> no. Is just like speaking to your younger self. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what you lacked. Yeah.
0: Yes, it is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. No, <laughs> that that makes so much sense. Yeah. I've never thought of it that way. That really ties in together how you're able to tell these stories. And I've watched all parts of your Oakland videos, <laughs> and it was amazing. Is that the Mr. Jackson that was in the videos yeah. doing the voiceover? Yeah, in the first uh-huh. in
2: my life, Oakland one. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Jackson is my high school drama teacher. Yeah. Uh-huh. So he's the one who pretty much gave us the curriculum. Go out, and make a video. Try to make. My high school, Fremont High, which just looks like a jail cell from the outside. Back then, yeah. let's try to make this place look beautiful. Yeah. Let's try to tell stories within this. This almost like I don't want to put a bad name onto it because at the time when I was doing it, it will it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like it was like we get to leave class and create videos, and we get to we have creative yeah. freedom to do whatever <laughs> we want. And nowadays, I feel like. When you work with like a client and they give you these creative limitations, it's kind of like restricting your inner child. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like when they tell you that they didn't like something or, mm-hmm. or something shouldn't have went this way. It's like, this is my creative freedom you're talking about. And yeah. I know sometimes it's like very technical, but I'm just talking yeah. about all pure mm-hmm. like, creativity. So being able to channel that at a young age in poverty, I got so lucky yeah very lucky to have been able to tap into that without knowing so i took that opportunity and i i i took those life experiences and i tried to turn it into something positive
0: yes and you absolutely did what i think is really cool about you both is that it the The fact that you're doing this for a living now and living in New York City never gets lost on you guys. And I see a lot of people, they're always like, yeah, I'm super grateful, of all of including myself. I'm always yeah. like, yeah, I'm grateful. But then I'm like, I'm still complaining about a lot of things. Like <laughs> I sometimes forget, like I take it for granted. Yeah. And I forget that, wow, I'm super lucky to be able to be doing this. But yeah. I feel like that's never lost on you guys. And I think that's a beautiful quality to have too given where you're coming from yeah. yeah and i wanted to ask about sort of the journey along the way how long did it take to build the instagram following and the youtube following was it like happening together or was there a particular focus at a certain point that helped to catapult your growth mm-hmm. i know you grew first with youtube with yeah. like beauty influencing yeah yeah how about you andy
2: it started with i was actually on instagram first yeah yeah i was doing a lot of landscape Lifestyle photography. So I pretty much built my whole portfolio f- filming and shooting the Bay Area. That was like my stomping grounds. Like going to the Golden Gate Bridge and sh- shooting it from like 50 different angles. Yeah. With all low, seasons. low fog, sunrise, <laughs> yes, yeah. sunset. Yeah. Like all these different locations, meeting up with other people to show them the places I've shot. Like yeah. just like using the Bay area as like a, as my portfolio mm. um, and just showing the nicest parts, not only showing the nicest parts, but sh- showing that it's accessible. Like I, I wasn't ever like a gatekeeper of locations. I would, I would always try to advocate for people to get out and explore just tap tapping back into my roots. Like I feel like something that's super productive and, and healthy for you especially if you're like introverts like both of us like yeah. both of us are like we're natural introverts one of the healthiest things to do is to go out and explore go for a walk
0: so that evolved into youtube later on because you were already very established on instagram mm-hmm. when you decided to focus on youtube i thought it was an interesting shift although like kind of surprising because you were already so good at film what made you decided to do, make that shift
2: when I was doing Instagram, I was always making videos. Even though I was taking photos, I yeah. would always create videos of just any new camera I got, any new cl- new location I've been to. I've always just been very fascinated by technology and trying to maximize technology, like trying to work it to its <laughs> limits. Once Instagram dropped that video feature, I was mm-hmm. dropping videos. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until... I didn't really take YouTube super serious. Actually, she... Jalen helped me channel like my YouTube voice or like my presence Mm -hmm. because I always, and I still do today, like I look to her for advice on like, how do I present myself to the camera? We always have debates amongst ourselves where we're challenging each other to see like what our, what our thoughts and ideas, like how, how it looks privately and how it looks publicly and how much our influence actually has an effect on the outside world. Yeah. She she definitely helped me find my voice. And, and now that I've found it, I'm still fine-tuning it. And just to trace back to your question of, like, when did that YouTube journey sort of mm-hmm. kick off? It was around, um, I don't know, I've always been making YouTube videos since high school. Like, I would drop it on YouTube, too, oh. just, like, for fun. So, but I, I didn't really, I wouldn't really get, like, I didn't really promote it like that. Oh, so I've okay. always been a video creator, filmmaker since like high school but youtube as a like career it was probably in like 2015 no 16 mm. 17 so i got hired by beautiful destinations mm. uh, for their world's coolest job campaign and i worked with them for a year
0: oh yeah i forgot about that
2: <laughs> yeah it was a
1: while ago yeah. yeah that's the reason we moved to new york actually oh, yeah yeah mm-hmm.
2: so we moved into this little like 300 square foot 500 square uh, foot studio yeah and we're living in New York City just trying to figure it out and my job was to travel and work with tourism boards and airlines and luxury hotels which I was very foreign to
0: yeah but you were doing it as a filmmaker not like as a personal brand like a creator at that time
2: Oh Yeah, I was doing it as a mm-hmm. filmmaker. Mm-hmm. So I was a part of their, like, originals team. Yeah, yeah. And, like, creating films on, like, destinations and a bunch of, like, luxury brands, who, which was interesting because I don't come from that background. So it was a very eye-opening to see that there were people that traveled like this. That must have in- been
0: an experience. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes, yeah, it was interesting. Like, just super grateful for the opportunity, like, working with them for a year. Yeah. And it was, it got to a point where... We wasn't spending a lot of time with each other. Uh And there was a part of me that was like, we came out here together. I feel comfortable enough to leave Beautiful Destination so that we could focus on us. Mm -hmm. And then from that point, it went, it started going crazy. Uh We just fully decided that like, we fully committed that we were going to do this, like Mm -hmm. on both of our YouTube channels. And... We were working with tourism boards. We were working with
1: oh, some of the best years. I think that's the years that we, the year
0: that we met, twenty eighteen oh, yeah? and nineteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's like when time. you went all in, yeah, In yeah. your brand, personal yeah. brand, in yeah. our
2: personal brand. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was a very interesting shift from where you were originally just a filmmaker to then having to like step out of your shell and be in front of the camera and like mm-hmm. talk to the camera and and be like a more of a personality beyond just like a filmmaker yeah. that was probably pretty challenging for you for you yeah like as an introvert right
2: yeah talk like even talking to the camera now mm. I still find myself like having introverted tendencies but it's just literally me talking to the camera yeah I like shouldn't have a problem like talking yeah to, there's no literally nobody yeah. there but I guess it, social media and youtube specifically i think once i figured out that the videos that i were creating was actually having an impact on people's lives it inspired me to just get over it Mm. my message was powerful enough for me to get over my lack of confidence and and i don't know it's tough like doing the youtube stuff is is really difficult Mm. It's, it's not the it's definitely like yeah, people are mean.
0: <laughs> oh no! Oh yeah,
2: people, yeah, people, yeah.
0: That's crazy because on, I mean, on the surface, and this is a compliment, obviously, not a bad thing, but just you guys both seem very confident like you know exactly what you're doing um yeah i I think especially uh andy because i think you do share some of your a bit of the anxiety parts and and you're pretty open on your instagram Mm -hmm. but from the surface it just looks like like when you said lack of confidence i was kind of surprised like you seem very confident especially (laughs) as a filmmaker because the work speaks for itself so it's just very interesting to see like People who look super accomplished Mm -hmm. still go through moments of like doubt and like it's fear and lack of confidence. Yeah. Yeah. But you just have to like get Get over over it. it, Yeah. And be like, okay, it's (laughs) not as hard as it looks. Just have to speak. Yeah.
2: I think we're very harsh critics on ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. a lot of self hate that (laughs) flies around the room. Mm
1: -hmm. That's Um, true. Because we always think that we can do better, we're always trying to find ways of like how we can improve yeah and just like I think social media in general it just like has an effect on you if you yes. consume too much obviously you start to compare yourself and like yeah it yeah it gets the best of you but I think we try to keep each other grounded
0: but sometimes it's just hard yeah like I don't know what are some of the things that are hard about it like why is it so challenging to I guess show up That's a good question. I think
2: for me, as a filmmaker, it's really hard for me to put out a video on YouTube when I know I didn't give it my best. Mm
1: -hmm. Oh, yeah. So
2: Mm -hmm. I would literally work on one YouTube video for like a whole month. Yeah. Just because I'm trying to figure out ways to top my last video, which gets very toxic.
0: Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah.
2: Especially in today's day and age where... You're kinda as a creator to, to to make a living in this world, like you're kinda pressured to create quantity. Yes. Yeah, that's
0: Yes. Right? For you the always have
2: to show up. Yeah, you always have to show up. Yeah. And like for me, I found success in being myself. I'm very fortunate to to say that and to filter out that noise to not feel the pressure of showing up. Mm. But my challenge for myself is that I just get in my own way. Yes. A yeah. lot of self-sabotage.
0: Mm. That's true. Um, yeah.
2: Like I mentioned, like a lot of self-hate flying around because I know I'm capable of creating something of quality. So when I don't hit that quality marker, mm. I just try to find other ways to top it. And yeah. it gets very toxic.
0: Yeah. I find that the people who consider themselves more of an artist and treat their work like art Mm -hmm. are usually the people who struggle the most with consistency and showing up and also self-doubt and all of those negative talk. I just wanted to say actually that I think you're both amazing. Like your (laughs) works are like beyond (laughs) like different, totally different styles, Mm -hmm. but all very unique. And so if it's, I don't know, any comfort, like, we all think you're amazing so even (laughs) if it's let's say like 80% of your best work we would still gawk at it and be like wow did you see the video like we literally send to each other in our groups like did you see the video that Jaylene and Andy posted like it's so good and oh my god like, like mind blown blah 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 that kind of stuff and I feel like it's more like a game of long-term consistency. That's like true. you don't have to top yourself. Like that's literally impossible yeah. Yeah. as uh-huh. an artist. You like, you go up and then you kind of go down and that's then hard. you get more inspired and then you come back up. Yeah. And it's like a never ending, like squiggly line yeah. and not really like a straight line up. Yeah. So that's I just kind of wanted to offer yeah. that. Perspective. Thank you. <laughs> no, we say the same thing about your content all the
1: time. I'm always showing, like I watch stories all the time. I consume a lot of social media, whereas he doesn't at all he just posts None. and he just yeah. you know and then you ghost <laughs> yeah and then he goes but then like i'm always watching people's stories and i'm like oh my gosh look what they're up to and like i mean we love your work oh, and you're you. always like you're always growing you're always doing something new which is nice
2: i like your birthday reel
0: oh thank <laughs> yeah. you yeah, yeah i saw that
2: one i was like that was pretty cool <laughs>
0: my first few forays into trying to do like fun twists and yeah, videos they it just, is fun
2: the storytelling in yeah, it was yeah. like really like, the concept was really cool
0: that's something i'm really trying to step into and i'm looking at your content to sort of get inspired in that aspect but like how do i bring more story into my usually very superficial looking images and videos and it's been a very fun process Mm -hmm. but what i realized is that storytelling is significantly harder than you think (laughs) if you're missing even one little part of the connection the context then it's like not good yeah and the whole thing is <laughs> scrapped yeah so I, yeah. I understand the pressure yeah. but one thing that I do to get over that uh, hump is just I think of it more like a business and mm-hmm, so I, I just mm-hmm. think that I if I had a job I can't not show up today yeah so I have to show true. up to the job and even though they won't like it as much like yeah. I still have to show up. So (laughs) that's how I get over the fear of showing up sometimes. That's a good point. And
1: I always say that to him too. I think it's just hard because for me, like I struggle a lot with anxiety. Like Mm. I think over the years, I've just started developing more and more anxiety. I think it's because social media. Mm. And I think it's hard for me because like, in a way, it's hard to always have purpose. Like, I always tell him, like, I love making cinematic videos. I love making, like, aesthetic videos. But it's, like, what's the point? Right. And, like, who cares? Yes. And it's, like, if I don't care, why do other people care? And I think that's where I struggle. But then, like, he keeps me grounded in a sense where he's, like, you have to focus on your storytelling. And, like, that part for a long time didn't click for me because I wasn't taught that, you know. Mm -hmm. And I didn't grow up learning how to, like, tell stories like he did. Like, even in the beginning of our relationship, before we go to bed, he'd be like, Can you tell me a story about your childhood? And I'm like, How do I do how? that? <laughs> like, I don't even know where to begin. Yeah. And like, that was not one of my strengths. And I think I had to learn that. But also, just like trying to find things that I really enjoy and not worry so much about what other people think. Mm-hmm. Cause I've always been like, a people pleaser all my life so it's just like finding if I'm not going to post something that everyone likes then I'm just not going to post but then yeah. that has a negative effect too <laughs> yes yes yeah.
0: because ultimately there will be the, the other like 60% of people who yeah. are watching who still really appreciate it mm-hmm. and they want to see that side of you too yeah. so it, it, we can't please all that's people yeah. even though most creators tend to be people pleasers because yeah. that's how we show up yeah. and that's how we get the, the engagement and mm-hmm. all of that yeah,
2: I think I could add yeah. to what you're talking about briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, when I create like my films for YouTube, I I do I am mindful of the people who are watching, but they don't influence what I create.
1: Yeah, that's the difference. That's the tough part for me. Like yeah. I care so much about what the people think yeah. that it's like if it won't do well, then why make it? But like I if I love something, it's like I'll love it. But if it doesn't do well, then it's like damn.
0: Yeah. Awesome. yeah yeah i you know the number really affects us and how we perceive that piece of content yeah, and something. then it shapes our future decision <laughs> yeah. on what types of content we should and um, want to create yeah but i feel like it's like very closely related to like chemicals in your brains mm-hmm. yeah
2: and then i create and then everybody's welcome to come and watch mm-hmm. yeah so it's like i think
1: uh yeah, you're like at peace which yeah. is
2: so nice. Because I, I, I truly believe that if you create something that you love, whether it be like a, a reel or mm-hmm. a story or a full-on YouTube video, if you put all that energy and love into it, at the end of the day, if you could, like, go to sleep knowing that you love that thing so much to the point where, like, if anybody had anything to say about it, it doesn't take yeah. away from yes. the fact that you love that thing so much. Yeah. So. That's my, that's my usual direction when it comes into like making like yeah. videos for YouTube. It's like, I love this video so much. You can have a negative thing to say about it, mm-hmm. about it, but like, I just, I just truly loved what I did and yeah. what I created. So that's yeah. passion, yeah.
0: homie. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, it's passion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just very passionate about like what yeah. I create. Yeah.
0: No, that's good. I think you mentioned something that was actually an interesting exercise. I think if you want to become a better storyteller, maybe just think of like, what's a good childhood story? And then try to narrate it in a way that is concise, Mm -hmm. but interesting for a stranger that's listening. Yeah, And then just practice that over and over with various interesting events that happened in your life, Mm -hmm. something that was terrible that happened in your life, something that made you really happy. And then you can just practice that. You will become a better storyteller. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be like a crazy twist or a whole movie yeah. or something mm-hmm. yeah it's yeah. a great point so then bring this conversation back to the being able to monetize the fact that you were a creator how did you actually first start to get these campaigns did they reach out to you guys mm-hmm. naturally and then from there you learned how to negotiate and then get a manager etc
2: i don't really tell the story but i think it's pretty i think it's pretty interesting but when i was in college we entered this film festival called Campus Movie Fest, mm-hmm. and we won from our school. And since we won from our school, we could go compete in L.A. against all these other top schools. I just went to a state college. We don't even have a film program. Wow. So I rallied up my friends, and um, Jalen was in the crew too. And we figured out that we needed to get to L.A., but we were broke college students. So like we were like, oh, shoot, like who could we reach out like for money? so we went to every like organization on campus mm. to see if they'll sponsor our trip to LA and even though i'm not talking about like tens of thousands of dollars like i'm just bringing this to like the very core of sponsorship you have a want or desire and our one desire was to get to LA we don't we didn't care how we got there whether we flew or drove or you know it didn't matter uh, but our desire was was to go and compete against these other schools. So what we did was we asked that question. We reached out for sponsors on campus and we managed to probably scrape up like 2,000 bucks. And then that paid for all of our food expenses, that paid for our hotel, and that paid for our gas and a little extra. Um, But I think thinking about it in in today's day and age, that transition is, is, Pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. But to answer your question, did these companies start reaching out or did we do the outreach? I think from what I remember, a lot of these companies naturally started hitting us up. Mm-hmm. And the budgets that they were throwing at us were like so crazy to where we were like, is this how much like people are getting paid to do these types of things? Yeah. When...
0: But it first started off with free stuff. Oh
2: obviously. yeah, free stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But once they had budget, it was a pretty sizable budget
2: yeah
1: well it wasn't always like that yeah like in the beginning like when I was doing makeup stuff like I would just get free makeup and I'm like oh my god free makeup Yeah, (laughs) right and like I think one (laughs) of my first like sponsored I don't know I don't even know what it was post or something Instagram post maybe was probably like 50 bucks and I was like oh my god 50 bucks for one post that's amazing yeah yeah, like I was just grateful because like I didn't think you could get paid for stuff like that and at the time it's like I was working for the city of Oakland making minimum wage you know like Mm -hmm. i was just grateful for anything i didn't think it would turn into a career it wasn't like something that i like was going towards i just did it because i like loved it Mm -hmm. and it just turned into that yeah
2: i think what's really valuable in in what you said is the building the relationship so like a example is i reached out to sandisk and i was like hey like if you give me some memory cards i'll like create you know I create some content around it they're like yeah of course give you free memory cards and the memory cards is money that I would have spent on production anyways yes then what that relationship led into was hey let me just throw a number out there so I was like you have like 5k and they're like yeah we could work in 5k and I was like what like (laughs) I remember like going to my friends like yo they're gonna give us 5k to go on this trip Mm -hmm. and then they're like what and I was like, yeah. We just go out on this trip and just make content around some Sandus memory cards, and they're like, All right, let's do it. And then it paid for the whole trip, and Mm. then you get paid on top of it. And I think the relationship is like, if you do something out of like passion or like because you love doing it, I think I truly believe that you will be rewarded, yes, like 10 times. Mm -hmm. Yes, Um, yes. but if you go, I can't speak for someone who goes in a direction of money first. Because I don't operate that way, but for those of you guys who are watching or listening, if you really if you really love like coffee or you really love like any sort of like niche that you're you're into, any hobby or lifestyle choice that you've you've went with, if you really love that thing, then these companies, people on the outside are gonna understand that you're really passionate about Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And then they're gonna find ways to help you age your and feel your passion. Yeah, Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know how that works, but it works.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I wanted to say there's a few creators who are very money focused, and there are creators like you guys who are more like artists and very driven by the creative. And surprisingly, I would say I think both work actually Mm -hmm. in this current day and age because we live in a creator economy where people need a space to advertise and they need content, Mm -hmm. whether that's organic or paid, and so. We always say, like, don't do this if you're just in it for the money. Mm-hmm. But I have seen people who are very money focused do extremely well yeah. in, in their particular niche as well. And I think as long as they can still stay consistent and be authentic along the way, yeah. that's still super profitable. And I think both ways work. Yeah, like the definitely. very like creative focus is is. Honestly, I think probably the best way to do it because you're very true to yourself. Yeah. But then mm-hmm. the money-focused way is also like a very business-focused way to go about it. That's and true, yeah. Mm-hmm. It certainly works too. And I know people who shape their content around whether it can make money or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's another way to approach your content creation also. Yeah. Like If that's what you're looking to do, like maximize profit. Yeah, that's true. Yeah,
2: I yeah, yeah. I'd like definitely, like I wasn't trying to knock. Uh, oh, no, not at all. Like people who are doing it that way, I just, I couldn't speak for them because I don't operate that way. But yeah, I I do see the business side of creation when you could tie those two things together. It's a really cool thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: I guess what I meant to say was that there's one way about it, which is like, creative first vision yeah. first yeah. and then the money follows which clearly happened to you guys and to a lot of creators um, some of the most successful ones um, but then also there's the, the the other clan of like business first yeah. and then creative second yeah. and they still go hand in hand yeah yeah. yeah. I spoke to um, Karen on my podcast mm-hmm. uh, Karen X Chang mm-hmm. so she's like ultra creative and she gets really really great brand deals from huge brands mm-hmm. and she said one thing that really stood out to me and she was like, I don't create content for the 1 million people who follow me. I create content for the 0.1% of marketers that look at my stuff. Oh, yeah. And they mm-hmm. always end up reaching out to her. And so she has come to peace with no matter how her stuff fluctuates, mm-hmm. it doesn't affect her because sure. she knows she's creating content for the people who have the budget and yeah. gatekeep mm-hmm. the budget. Yeah. And I was like,
1: wow, that's <laughs> super cool. <laughs> that is
0: cool. Super yeah. different perspective.
1: Yeah, really I love that. I mean, yeah. we, we kind of talk about that too. It's like, each YouTube video that we put out, we say that we're planting seeds because it's like you never yeah, know who's watching your stuff.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So do you think that's about good. it in the sense of like, I would like to work with X brand. Yeah. So uh, I start putting a bit of their product or mentioning some of their stuff in there. Yeah. There are some people who say like, oh, but then I'm doing free advertisement for them. I'm like, do you think I that's valid?
1: I mean, it is free advertising, but I think to Andy's point, like if you're passionate about something, it, it to me, it doesn't really matter because... Like, for example, I really got, I got into coffee. Yeah. And like, I love La Marzocco. Like I've always wanted a linear mini and then I just got it. Right. And then I started making a ton of videos on it. And and then they reached out and wanted Mm -hmm. to work with me. So like everything paid itself back. I gave them so much, so much free advertisement that like, I didn't mind because it's like I loved it anyways, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They
2: sent they sent someone from La Marzocco over here too. Yeah. Wow. It was yeah. like
1: a cool experience. Yeah. yeah. So wow. I got to work with them. Yeah. And that was like the trade-off but that was it was really cool.
0: That's super cool. Yeah. Because I think in this day and age, everybody knows that you can create, uh, you can make a lot of money as a creator. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so then they focus on profit first, or mm-hmm. they focus on never tagging brands and never yeah. sharing stuff. But ultimately, I feel like that those kind of limit you because does, yeah. if you're using it, if it's a native experience, like natural, you liked it, yeah. then there's no reason not to share. That's why we started this to exactly. share stuff yeah, for free. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we forget that well, some people forget that you know it's it's yeah. actually part of our job,
1: yeah, to yeah. to
0: share organically.
1: That's yeah. kind of your beginner story of working with Apple. Yes, oh,
0: I all would love a to hear Oh yeah. Did you know that there are at least eleven ways to make money on Instagram? Creators are making six or even seven figures by sharing their passions online, and you can too! I created a free guide called The Ultimate Instagram Monetization Guide, covering all the ways you can monetize your account even if you don't have any followers yet. In this guide, you'll find step-by-step tips, resources, and links so you can start making money from Instagram today. Head to SuccessfulInfluencer.com to download your copy or click the link in the description of this episode. Now back to the show. How did you start working with Apple?
2: So I've been using Apple products since forever. Yeah. Um, I think when I was at my travel filmmaking stage, I would always have like a really heavy production backpack with me. Maybe like something between like 20, 35 pounds on my back and just like gimbal uh, camera, yeah. like four or five lenses, a tripod, laptop, all the extra things that come with it. And I was like, I need to take a break. So I pretty much told myself I'm going to bring my phone and a gimbal and I'm going to make a video um, just with those two things. And I used the same principles of filmmaking and edited it uh, really nice and told the story of Toronto, I think. That was like my first iPhone mm. film, like iPhone 10 yeah or something like that and then I was like I really enjoy doing this this is like really fun because I don't have to I could I could travel to like really sketchy places Mm -hmm. and nobody would ever like look at me for like attention yeah like I'm not a I'm just a tourist at that at that point and I like being able to just blend in with Society and be incognito and channel my introverted tendencies and just not be in anybody's way. And it got to the point where I created a series and I probably had maybe like four or five videos at that point. And then I did a iPhone and then I got recognized for my Toronto video. And then they sent me the iPhone 10R. It was Mm -hmm. like, what can you do with this? And I was like, oh okay, let me let me just try to do something. So I did they
0: so they were, they were already viral before they sent you the phone
2: yeah um, yeah and this is on youtube
0: yeah
1: i think because that was like not really a thing everyone was yeah like, one too? cinematic, cinematic. Yeah. yeah blue and i mean teal and orange but preset. you made it look cinematic with the yeah. phone
2: yeah and i it really spoke to my roots as well like uh being able to create on a budget yeah and not having i've always believed that i could create with anything you put in my hands you put a I could shoot on a phone, I could shoot on a cinema camera, I could every major camera brand. I if you give it to me, I'll make something crazy with it. Doesn't mean not humbly speaking, but I could I could make something, I could tell a story with anything, any camera. So I took those, I took that and just reapplied reapplied it, that way of thinking, into a phone. And after they reached out, um I posted my iPhone 10R video and it was themed around Chinese New Year mm-hmm. uh, so it was me and Jalen dressing in like a, she was in like the traditional like Y and the opening shot was like on our roof uh, in New York that. City and I themed the whole video around Chinese New Year in New York City and then out of nowhere I got a shout out from Tim Cook yes. on Twitter and I remember I started screaming I was running around the house <laughs> I think I was. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was like in my boxers, just yeah. like I was like, what? I was like, what the hell just happened? That was cool. Mm. Yeah,
1: because that was like, it was never your goal. Yeah, yeah. You just did it because he just did it because he loved it. Yeah, yeah. it was, so it was cool. fun. Just built that. Were, were you ship. like,
0: I have peaked? <laughs> this is the peak of my career.
2: <laughs> I didn't know that was even. I didn't even know there was a. I didn't even know you could peak. Like, I even know, like you know, I didn't even know that was a like a. Uh, It was never a goal of mine to get recognized by Apple. Yeah. It was never a goal of ours to move to New York City. Yeah. yeah. It just, it kind of just happened, which Mm. is cool. And from that point on, every single product team reached out to me from MacBook to iMac to Mac Studio Mm. to iPhone, iPad, watch.
0: Technical question Were they all different people reaching out to you? Yeah. And were they all coordinated, or they didn't know different times? Oh,
2: yeah. I think it's. I think it was after that they wanted to see what I could do with other products. Mm-hmm. And uh, the one that I'm probably the most proud of is probably My Life Oakland. Yeah. Which a lot of people probably don't know was a product integration. The iMac was the product in the in yes. the video which was the hero of pretty much my journey. Long story short, when I was in Media Academy, one day our classroom got broken into and they stole all the iMacs. And there was one left tucked away in the recording studio that had a lock on it that they didn't steal. So that one iMac was the one that pretty much, like, that transcended my life. Because I was after... After they stole all the IMAX, all the, everyone at, in my academy was like not inspired to create. There's no, there was no opportunity. Mm-hmm. There's no computers. You literally can't edit a video. And I was very persistent about being in that space to where like after school, after baseball practice, I would be there mm-hmm. to the point where I was making videos for during the off season when I wasn't playing baseball, I was making videos for the basketball team. I was traveling with the football team, making videos for them. <laughs> I was making like I was making videos pretty much at every opportunity I could um just so I could practice just like making videos. It was really fun and yeah. still is so Thanks. yeah, that the passion for creating was rooted from very far back, and I still cherish it to this yeah. day.
0: isn't that so surreal that the iMac that helped you? build your career is now the company that comes back to sponsor (laughs) you on your content it's crazy
2: yeah i think
1: it's cool though like what apple has been able to do like giving you the opportunity to give back to other people Mm -hmm. also i think that's probably like the biggest reward right
2: yeah i've had some crazy experiences working with apple i got the opportunity to give someone like 10k worth of apple products wow to pretty much revamp their whole creative space. Got to travel around travel around the world with them, creating films on different products. And I think the cherry on top is them licensing my work,
0: mm. which
2: is the uh unreleased news. So it's it's something I'm going to announce oh uh probably within the next month or two. Oh okay. Yeah. So
0: Wait, they license your work? Yeah. Like old work or you had to create new work? Um, or...
2: Recent love from Chinese New Year this year. Oh, So I made a iPhone Chinese New Year film <laughs> wow. and they licensed it. They licensed the first minute and the first minute is going to be an update on Final Cut. Uh, it's going to be demo content for Final Cut. So pretty much when the next the next software update, the whole world is going to have my video
0: wow yeah wow that's incredible
2: (laughs) which is kind of crazy
0: yeah Mm -hmm. wow i'm actually really curious about like (laughs) licensing deals because very few creators actually end up licensing something this big so is that basically like maybe they approach you and they're like we want you to create a piece of content around this and we want to license the rights to for x number of years on all these different channels and It's a huge budget, right?
2: Yeah. This situation was different because I already produced the film. Right. And they seen it and they was like, hey, like, we're thinking of using this for a Final Cut software update. And I was like, Mm. what? I was like, has anyone ever been featured on Final Cut? They're like, no, you'll be the first. And I was like, what? Like, I didn't actually understand how big they were talking. So I had to like get my manager involved to like, figure out the logistics and the all the legal terms and everything because at the end of the day like i just i'm very i just kind of strictly creative yeah i let other people like negotiate for me yeah because they're a lot better at that than i am
0: yeah (laughs) Yeah. can we talk about that how do you guys know like what to charge people or do you just let your manager decide that And, and is your manager your brother or something? yeah well it oh, was, can we say that oh, like we no, cannot
1: say that, that. No, that's okay well my my sister helps she helps on some of our projects we had a manager with an agency and then we got dropped they weren't really doing as much you know uh. versus the inbound that we were getting yes so we we're like no longer with them anymore and then like my sister and my brother they help manage some of our campaigns but as far as negotiation i don't know i think Andy's really good at that. If I need help, I go to him. Really? Yeah, and then he'll take it to the manager and say like, maybe you can do this or they'll sort it out. But he's really good at it. I I struggle with that cuz I don't I never know what to price things, especially yeah. with licensing. Yeah. And all that stuff. But yeah, you're really good at the business side.
2: Oh, well, I think negotiations and dealing with money is such a, I don't know, it's not a it's not my favorite thing to do. I don't, I don't. I definitely don't like putting a price tag on my work. Selling. That's like,
0: what managers for. Yeah. So I guess it's more like you just have to try different numbers with different sponsors, and then over a longer period of the time, you have a good sense of. Mm -hmm. this is a low-ball offer and this is a reasonable one and we could maybe push it to like up here if they have the budget on that particular occasion. yeah. So you kind of feel it out over time. Yeah, definitely. Are you able to share like what the largest number was you've ever gotten?
2: Like a six-figure deal.
0: Wow.
2: For one video.
0: Damn. (laughs) For one video.
2: Nice. (laughs) Uh, that's
0: amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you don't have to go into detail. Yeah. It's okay. I was just curious. <laughs> um, <laughs> what's yours? <No. laughs> I'm just yeah. Oh yeah, I tell people because you know, like as an educator, you kinda have yeah, to like demonstrate. Should, yeah. I got an 80K deal. Woo! <laughs> but it was for like a, a few reels. Yeah. That's cool. So that was good. Congrats. But it was it was like exclusivity. That was the biggest amount I've ever been able to negotiate. Yeah. And I was pretty shocked in myself because it was like getting pretty close to six figures yeah 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 yeah. damn if i just pushed it a (laughs) bit more i could have said i got a six figure deal Uh, it's okay it's coming it's coming yeah yeah Yeah. yeah. you're right there yeah and i know andy you have been doing twitch streaming a while ago is that still a thing
2: no (laughs) oh
0: what was that what was that about (laughs) that was during the pandemic oh okay
2: yeah i just i was trying to figure it like i just try to find something to do so
0: yeah so that was for fun
2: it was for fun, and then I and then I had a sponsor pay for my whole like Twitch streaming setup to wow. make a video on how I made a Twitch oh. live stream, which I wasn't trying to do that either. I wasn't trying to get paid for that. I was just at home trying to channel my creativity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The pandemic cool. was hard.
0: <laughs> yeah, the pandemic really slowed down for a lot of people, and you guys were mostly focused on travel too, right? Oh yeah. So mm-hmm. it really did it come to like a screeching halt but or were oh, you yes. still able to find some tech jobs and- I, I just- oh, tech jobs for sure but travel is like
1: like yeah. we went from traveling 2018 and 19 just nonstop, like we were never home and then pandemic like we were traveling every single like month up until like the very last month which yeah. is march of yeah. 2020 and it wow. just went
0: yeah
1: but and then we had to shift our content which was okay like we spent a lot more time in new york which we didn't get to do anyways and then Focusing more on lifestyle for me, and then tech for him.
2: Yeah, it became which a, is nice. Yeah, I I started doing a lot more tech videos. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I'm like, I'm glad I got to experience it like that. Mm because it just gave me like a different I don't know another thing to add to like the creative toolbox right it's just right. like oh I, I can make a tech video it
0: diversifies your That's content yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah. I actually found that to be very interesting because during the pandemic there were some travel influences who just dropped off altogether um, a few of them not, yeah. not most of them but then a lot of people started pivoting out of just travel content myself included mm-hmm. and that really changed the trajectory of my, my entire career and even life yeah right. um um, not saying that travel isn't lucrative, but just that when you can venture into other fields and evolve yeah. with everything that's happening in the world, mm-hmm. then you'll find many, many other opportunities that you never thought of mm-hmm. before because you're too busy exactly. and caught <laughs> up in doing things, just doing. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. yeah.
2: Did, where where were you during the? pandemic pandemic yeah
0: I was in New York but then we went to so my husband has this famous like we have an inside joke he was like when it gets to a hundred cases we're out of here <laughs> oh. and it got to thousands of tens <laughs> yeah. of thousands before we were ever yeah. able to like leave yeah. and so he booked a car every single weekend so that we can make our getaway whenever we needed to that is first. so fun and we moved to <laughs> North Carolina for three months oh, yeah. to live with his parents mm-hmm. oh, and they're like angel uh, people oh like gosh. just the best in-laws Unlimited ph on deck. Yes, <laughs> unlimited ph and maybe it means coffee yeah. every day. Wow. Yeah. Made for you. Wow. <laughs> so, it was, honestly, life. Like uh, living yeah. the life. Yeah, you know, three months. Yeah. But we moved back up to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was it was a good time. What I thought was the best about actually, I don't know if this is good to say because like a lot of people are suffering. Obviously, it was like a very difficult time for, for everybody, for a lot of people. But in a sense, I kind of appreciated that everything slowed down. Mm-hmm. Nobody, especially for people in travel, mm-hmm, yeah. I was always getting so much formal of like, this person is in this place, that person That's is show, in yeah. that city. Mm-hmm. And I had such a fear of like missing out and not being to go places. And when the pandemic happened, nobody could travel. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And then
0: suddenly I was like, okay, yeah. I, I feel okay about myself. Mm-hmm. And it's like this comparison that so funny. thing that makes you go crazy all the yeah. time. But if you just stop comparing, like yeah, you you're doing okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't have to compare yourself so much. Just don't go on the app. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I can do that. Yeah, <laughs> it's my whole life. Yeah. I know. But yeah. So, are there any future plans for you guys? Is there a five-year vision for your personal brands? That's a good question.
1: Coming from someone who doesn't like to plan ahead, I
0: don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like. <laughs> I honestly do not know. And I think that's okay. Like, I think it's okay to take it day by day because I don't, like, things are always changing. Like with Reels just coming up out of nowhere, with YouTube Shorts coming up out of nowhere, it's just like, I have to be prepared for what is coming next, Yeah, you know? So I don't know what's going to happen in five years. Hopefully we'll still be in New York.
2: I think we'll still be in New York. uh,
1: Yeah, we'll probably still be in New York.
2: For me, I really want to, like, take this YouTube thing, like, really serious, And the the reason why I want to grow it is because I know I can have more of an impact, but I do want to get it to like a million subscribers. Mm -hmm. I want to get that plaque.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I
2: really want that plaque. And with the goal of directing and producing a feature film Mm -hmm. about my life Oakland. Yeah. And I know the further I go on this YouTube journey, the closer I'm going to get to that goal.
1: Yeah.
2: So all these Mm -hmm. videos that I'm creating and directing and editing and producing, it's all leading up until that point. Yeah. So uh, that's
0: your North Star.
2: Yeah. That's the thing that reminds me that I still have a lot of work to do. Yeah. Uh, and I know that I'm not fixated so much on the number, I think, but it's, it gives me a clear goal and a defined goal. And I never share that with nobody. For some reason, I just, I write it down. And I guess I feel comfortable talking to you. So I, I feel like I could, sh- I guess I could share it. And you're about your platform, especially this podcast is about growing and having goals and yep. trying to achieve those goals. So yeah, that was actually like, I feel I like... Feel Do you like, feel weight
0: lifted? Kind,
2: kind of, I, I feel like, I don't want to say uncomfortable because yeah. I don't feel uncomfortable, um. but I just like, I. I usually like keep those kind of things to myself Mm. i don't know why i
1: think because there's like a sense of accountability now that is out there right maybe i think so like you want to succeed in private so that no one knows where you're what you're trying to do i don't know
2: because if you go if you look at any of my youtube videos i've never said like my goal on this platform is to get to this point yeah but i think because of the the space that we're in right now, I feel like it's safe for me to say it.
0: Yeah. Mm -mm -mm.
1: I think it's good. You're putting it into the universe.
0: That's a good goal. Yeah. You'll get there for sure.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah.
0: I have no doubt. Actually, I did want to kind of circle back and be like, because you said you don't even know what your plans are for tomorrow.
2: I like, well, <laughs> not, I don't even know what I'm
0: having for dinner. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like that's something that a lot of creators have in common. Like we, yeah. we don't know where the platforms are going yeah. and there's a lot of uncertainty. And I think especially in the last two years, everything has, you, we've seen like a whole upheaval. And yeah. before it was just like, yay, it's gonna go straight up. And then yeah, you're like, Wee, woo, mm-hmm. like this. And we're all trying to adapt. I think, is is it just being okay, like being at peace with the fact that things will keep evolving and we have to keep up all the time that gets you through, you know, the next few years? I think so.
1: I think, I think if I'm so fixated on like the next five years, then it becomes stressful. Yeah. Then it really affects my mental health. Yeah. Like I just need to worry. I think my main focus nowadays is me and yeah. my mental health. Yeah. Love yeah. Yeah. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Okay. So to wrap it up, where can people find you guys? My
1: Instagram and YouTube is Jalen J L I N H H.
2: Two H's. Uh, mine is just Andy Toe. Mm. On YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, A N D Y T O.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. Can I just finish with like a few like quick? Oh yeah. Questions. Yeah. There's nine questions. What's one thing you wish you knew when you first started to create content? I wish I first knew. Yes. Oh, are you sure you want me to go first?
1: <laughs> something like, oh my gosh, that's a lot of questions. Something I wish I knew. It's supposed to be quick, but oh my gosh, can you go first? Yeah, yeah. Something to uh, think about.
2: Totally it. I got. think about it? Uh, I'm copy your answer? Something I wish I knew. Yeah. Um, I, don't know. I wish. Struggling. Yeah, I don't know yeah. it's tough. I uh, I wish I knew that down the line, like that, it was going to be okay.
1: Mm. oh that part I like that yeah
2: because back then even now like if I could speak to like my older self or younger self like if I could tell that person that don't worry yeah I think that's something that we probably miss yeah along the journey
1: yeah that part I'm gonna copy his answer (laughs) (laughs)
2: really
1: (laughs) Uh, you
0: wish you knew that everything would be okay
1: yeah I think also just like not like Never lose sight of just like the fun, the passion. Because I, I feel like I take things so seriously these days. And
2: <laughs> yeah, I try to tell her to enjoy the creative process. Yeah, like every part yeah, of it. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, from yeah, from so,
2: shooting, from editing mm-hmm. to sharing. She just love the whole process.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you wish you knew that the process is the most enjoyable part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. How long did it take for you to get to 100k on YouTube?
1: 100k it took me three months like six months wow but yeah six months probably 2016 2016 yeah i blew up from my eyeliner video Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: yeah she did and you
2: uh i think it took me like a year or two
0: and what is the most difficult thing about being a content creator slash influencer staying consistent and not caring what other people think. Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest thing.
2: The most difficult thing is...
0: The negative thoughts flying around? Yeah.
2: The whole thing is difficult. (laughs) (laughs) I think if I could pin something out, I think it's the internal conversations, like internalizing things. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. So the negative self-talk.
2: Yeah. Mm
0: -mm -mm. That's a good one. And what's the biggest misconception about content creators and influencers oh that it's
1: easy we had this conversation recently oh yeah at a hotel
2: yeah this this there was this guy he was like (laughs) passively speaking he was like i hate hate youtubers YouTubers.
1: they they're self-absorbed and they don't know how to have a conversation and
2: i took that personally
1: yeah i took that personally because it's like we work very hard for what we do, and it's not just looking cute for photos. I know that's what it looks like, but there's a lot of back-end that goes into it. Like, we have to be everything. And I I know that's a privilege to say, and I am very privileged to be in this position. Um,
2: so I approached him, and I said something to him, and it it was like a... It was a misunderstanding. It a I mean, misunderstanding, because yeah, was he wasn't talking about us, yeah. but we just wanted... I think by the end of the conversation, he learned that not all youtubers are like Logan and Jake Paul um, <laughs> yeah that's yeah. that's the example that he Oops. sort of uh <laughs> used but I mean they're cool they're really cool yeah they're those those guys are really great at what they do but their their personality reflects on who they are and I guess my point is that like not everybody is like that y- your personality on YouTube is who you want to be and who you decide to be and yeah. whoever you want to be yeah. What we explained to him is that like, oh, we're we're a little different. We Our content is mm-hmm. a little different than his old definition of.
1: Well, I just don't want to be grouped together with what all influencers and content creators are. Yes, yes. Yeah.
0: So the biggest misconception is that people think you're vain and mm-hmm. like lazy and just having fun.
1: Yeah.
0: And getting paid a lot just to snap a quick photo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's one thing you would change about the industry?
1: I actually really love social media and what it brings, what it does for like small businesses and like creators and having a platform to share all your work. I think it's just the the numbers aspect, what people focus on. It's like, if you don't get this amount of likes, then you're nothing. Yeah. Like they base your worth off your numbers.
0: I see. And that sucks. Could you sum that up? Like
1: I would change the fact that, I don't even know how to put this into words. I think Instagram, like what it's done with just like the hiding of likes and stuff. I think it, it, that's been like a positive impact for a lot of creators because it's like, you shouldn't base your words off of your likes and your following. And yeah. What do you think?
2: I I think I I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't actually want to change anything. I think it is the way it is because it's how it's supposed to be. Uh, But I think the change has to come like, from yourself, so to answer the question i I wouldn't want to change anything, but I look at that question and I think about how I could change myself to have more of an impact. What kind of messages do I want to tell mm-hmm. or yeah. I see.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Your answers are so wholesome.
0: Yes. No. <laughs> yeah, they all come around to nice. like something positive. I know. Like if You're I so it, awesome. like, I was just like, yeah, I wish there were less fake influencers. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> that's one thing that would change. Fake like people taking budget and getting campaigns and acting as if like they did it legitimately. Oh, like yeah. that's fraud. That like you know, people who buy engagement or they oh, bought their followers yeah. and they I still get campaigns. I would change that about the industry I would like weed out all the fake people Mm -hmm. of course it's not it's impossible to always have every single follower be active and be real Mm -hmm. because you pick up bots along the way Mm -hmm. but I would just really cut out like the people who have low morals because it reflects poorly on the industry Yeah. yeah yeah that's true what's one piece of advice you give to someone who wants to become a content creator
1: I think do it with passion first. Do it because you want to do it and because you genuinely love doing what you're doing, whatever niche it is, something good will come out of it, like Andy said.
2: My advice, yeah, find find something for up-and-coming content creators.
0: Yeah.
2: Up-and-coming filmmakers.
0: Content creators.
2: Content creators. <laughs> content creators. Yeah. Create content around things you already love and then the rest will follow.
0: Mm. <laughs> I like that what's your most memorable brand deal my most memorable brand deal
1: that's a tough question i think i mean over the years we've been fortunate to work with a lot of our dream clients so it's hard to narrow it down
2: um for for me it's working with apple has been that i could say has always been a dream of mine yeah coming up in this industry was to work with Apple and then getting the opportunity to speak to Tim Cook and telling him how much creativity has changed my life. That was very fulfilling. I think it helps me, even when I create with like newer products, I still treat it as if like I've never worked with Apple before. Mm-hmm. So like there's always so much like pressure. Pressure. Yeah. Because I'm trying to create legacy pieces. Mm -hmm. and then at the same time i got like four other clients knocking on my door it's like hey our video
0: you can see how that's a ton of pressure yeah yeah because also because it's apple you want to make sure everything is like stellar exactly yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. okay last two questions how long do you think you'll be a, a content creator for
2: well, you have to name your favorite. You've worked. Oh, yeah, you didn't yeah. really say. I you
0: don't. just said they're all memorable.
1: They are. Is there I'm a grateful for every single one. Like, to be honest, I never thought I would be doing this. Just like like Andy said, coming from where we came from, from Oakland, like, we didn't have nothing. So I think every clan for me is a dream clan because I never would have thought this would, you know, be our life. Yeah. So, I don't you know. You the answer
2: is like, a bad, actually. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. That's yeah.
0: great. Yeah, I love that.
2: I could I could rally with that question too. Yeah. I mean, I could answer it that way too.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it just shows how much gratitude you have for what you get to do. Yeah. Okay. So how long do you think you'll be an influencer for? I think for as long
1: as it's going to be here. I, lo- I love it. I, I mean, Where I still have so forever? much fun. Forever. You're forever, forever. Forever. I think as long as like I get to like, I mean, video, video is what I'm passionate in first video creating, mm-hmm. whether it's travel or makeup or, lifestyle coffee whatever it's just i think i'm always gonna create Mm. yeah
2: am i am i I influencer you
0: influence people
1: i i don't know there's there's like two categories well i wouldn't
0: call you an influencer yeah Yeah. i
1: think i think we're more content creators right yeah because i i feel like there's two sides what's the difference like i i saw a video recently like content creator versus influencers like influencers are like to me are like the people who could just like Post anything. They could post a selfie with their jacket on. They'll get a ton of sales. Like influencers are people who sell, mm. and content creators are people who can create content to license to mm. sell. Like that, like create assets yes. for companies. Yeah. So I think we lean more towards content creating. Yeah, I don't know what I am. I Filmmaker, content creator. Yeah, yeah I'm artist. An artist. Yeah. Feel, yeah. 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 So you're gonna be
2: artist. An artist forever. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um okay what is okay last question what inspires you as a
1: creator what inspires me I think Andy I'm like his number one fan I (laughs) think just sitting here listening to him talk today is just so inspiring (laughs) because I'm like he's so rooted and I think that's some like sometimes that's what I struggle with and he does keep me grounded in that sense so like when I hear him talk about his stories are like your whole way of looking at life and creating in general it's just inspiring i'm like dang yeah so wholesome <laughs> wow
2: me. I'm i mean other fan. creators
1: in general yeah. too but like you know yeah
0: your story
2: oh yeah that's thanks
0: <laughs> that's cute
2: what was the question you what
0: said? inspires you as a creator inspires me as a
2: creator what inspires me as a creator
0: movies
2: huh? no oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah where movie. do you
0: draw inspiration from
2: oh uh jackie chan um Spike Lee uh, movie directors yeah
1: mm-hmm.
2: um Bong Joon-ho from Parasite mm-hmm. um and i i think I, I think what inspires me are is people who challenge the status quo like really rebellious people i've been really rebellious my whole life everything that i do uh, so like whenever somebody tells me no it, it's just like a it just it I kind of get triggered because I I try to find a way like around it or try to do something creative to to get to where I need to get. But I think I think life in itself is inspiring. Where I grew up, like a lot of my family members, like in and out of jail. A lot of my friends not with me today, and to know that that was a possible outcome scared out of me. Like knowing that I could have been in a gang, I could have been shot or killed. I could have been, I could be in jail right now. Those are all possibilities. Being here is definitely probably the most inspiring thing. And to be able to do what we do on a daily basis is also inspiring. So there's a lot. But I think the person who's the most inspiring in my life is my grandma. She she raised me to be the man I am today. And uh, if it wasn't for her, I would not be here um, speaking with y'all. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Shout out to grandma.
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Shout out
0: to my grandma. Oh, that's great. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much. Thanks again for tuning in to the full time influencer podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with someone who could benefit from it. And I'll see you in the next one.